This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This podcast is brought to you by Midland Radio USA, your leader in overlanding and off-roading communications. Also, join the brigade at truckbrigade.com, the best of the best for off-road and overlanding gear. And Rigid Industries Off-Road Lighting, own the night with Rigid. Welcome to the Anderson Overland Podcast. All right, well, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Anderson Overland Podcast. I am your guide host for this fabulous, fabulous evening here with our great friends from Our Overland Life, Brett and Liz. Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing good, man. How are you doing? Oh, doing lovely, lovely. Just uh, finishing up a crazy day here with the fam and uh, just kind of getting into relax mode finally. Very nice. You guys are getting some crazy weather out there, huh? We are, yeah. We're up in uh, southeastern Oregon, kind of on the border of southwestern Idaho. So it's a uh, crazy storms been rolling through. So we uh, we actually had to find camp tonight based on uh, where it was dry enough to park and uh, get the rig down. So <laughs> wow, yeah. Look, I saw that photo you sent me. Dude, that looked pretty crazy. That that's uh, it's always scary when you're getting into. Sp- just the spots where you're not familiar with them and you're getting into mud and crazy storms. You're like, Oh man, like, you know, we're out here on our own. Hopefully something doesn't go, go South, but you know so, what? Just that's all part of the experience, right? No, totally. And I mean, especially like normally we'd be running two rigs so we could probably send the lighter trucks and Liz's Tacoma down uh, just to kind of scout. But right now we're in the one rig and she's the van's heavy and over 10,000 pounds. So, I mean, you get on some of these slick trails a little, a little bit off camera and she just starts sliding. So it's, it's a whole different animal in one rig. Oh yeah, I bet. So what, what's, what's brought you guys to Idaho? What are you guys doing up there? Just, just kind of getting kind of out of the, the Southern part of the States and moving North or what? Well, so we based the summer in Montana. Uh, Liz just got done. We flew her down to Southern California and uh, she met up with a friend, Jillian, and they did an event up in your hometown, up in Big Bear. Olaf oh, did an event event up there last uh, last weekend, two weekends ago. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I so, think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So she went to the Olaf event with Jillian, and then uh, Jillian had her uh, ladies' night camp. Ladies' night campouts. Ladies' night campouts. Nice. She did her Oregon one, uh, and so Liz was ended up instead of bringing her rig she flew down to to california rode to jillian with the for the olaf event and then they rode together up to the oregon ladies night campout event and then i rendezvoused with them with the van after the event to pick her back up and then liz and i are going to take a couple days heading kind of back to our temporary home base up in montana so 
uh, we're just, you know, working our way back. And apparently there's just been a massive storm that we have to navigate to get back. So, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I was at work, uh, last week and one of my buddies, uh, messaged me and he's like, Hey dude, you know, you might have to start using your overland experience, your experience this weekend. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? He's like, there's a bomb cyclone coming into California. I'm like a bomb cyclone. What the heck is that? And he's like, dude, check this out. And he's like a big weather nut. And so he sent me this article and I was like, whoa, what the heck is this? Just the, the uh, atmospheric river coming into California. So yeah, um, looking on the, crazy. yeah, basically when we looked at uh, some friends sent us some satellite stuff and I mean, it basically looked like a, a hurricane kind of weather pattern on the Pacific Northwest and California. And I guess, I mean, we've been kind of out of pocket for a minute, but it sounds like uh, San Francisco and a bunch of places like that got like massive flooding and I mean, just wow. a bunch of, bunch of weather, a bunch of water. So, wow. Uh, well, we need it. We need it. The problem is, is, you know, it just, uh, since the ground isn't very saturated in SoCal, it's just, you know, most of it kind of just runs off and just accumulates and creates problems, but man. So totally. Even here in Idaho. So there most, most of the people we talked to in this area were like, yeah, it's, if it, it's been raining for a couple hours, it's bad, but it's been raining for two days. Wow. And so it's like really mucky and really like the clay comes to the surface. So even some of the like flat graded roads we were hitting today where we were kind of starting to look for camp, we started tearing up the trail and we're like, nah, this isn't, this isn't, we don't want to be out here. Like yeah. it's slickery, it's mud. Like we're basically causing tracks that are going to stay here for a long time. Like we found this first pot we could find it turn around. We turned around and went back out. So, I mean, it's, you just got to pay attention to where you're at and what you're doing and, and what the weather did. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, man, you got to make those, you know, split second decisions because it's going to, you know, affect number one, your safety. And then number two, the experience of the whole thing, you know, I, I've talked to several people that have just been like, yeah, I just went for it. And then we got stuck out there by ourselves for, you know, three or four nights before anybody even noticed that we were out there and we didn't have a cell signal. It's like, <laughs> you know, well, sometimes you got to make those decisions to just, you know, what, go with your gut and turn around and find something else a little bit more, you know, secure and less sketchy. Absolutely. And I mean, we, we have the, luckily we run with a Garmin inReach um, is kind of one of our necessary pieces of kit. So we, we are able to, on their kind of minimum plan, we'll send out pings and let, you know, certain family members know where we are for camp. But when it gets to being in a situation like that with no cell service, well, we've got full text message. Hey, we're here. I don't care what it costs. Like yeah. here's where we're at. This is what's going on. We're stuck. We're off road, whatever. And it ends up could happening. Uh, luckily we have that, that technology to be able to send information out while we're remote. Yeah, that's great. Do you, now, do you guys use like a WeBoost system as well? Um, we have used the WeBoost and so the WeBoost, it's great. So if there is cellular service with data, it will magnify the signal that you have, which is great. But if your data signal that you're magnifying or your cellular signal that you're magnifying doesn't have data, you're magnifying something that doesn't have the ability to send the information you need. So it is very useful. And if you're working remote, it's really, really a useful tool for being able to send emails and be more remote and be further out and capture those towers. Um, But in an emergency situation, the Garmin has the actual satellite capability to send and receive text messages Every message you send out has your coordinates attached to it. So it's an extra layer of safety and security. There's an SOS button on there um, that basically you can buy additional insurance for, for like, I think it was like 30 or 40 bucks a year. Oh, wow. uh, so, so you get a, like five fifty grand, you get a hundred thousand dollars worth of SOS coverage and $50,000 for uh, per occurrence. So oh, wow. basically like if you pull the side of the thing off and press so there's a cover. You pull the cover off. It says SOS. You hit that. The device says, are you really in trouble? You say yes. <laughs> you hit the button again. Says, are you truly in trouble? Do you really want? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's like send the Calvary. So right. when you, if you pound that thing like five or six times. <laughs> they know you meant it. <laughs> right. It's going to be expensive. They're sending helicopters. But right. if it is a life-threatening situation and you pound that SOS button on the device, 
they're going to send the birds and they're going to send search and rescue. They're, they're going to send everybody to your location. Right. And yeah, so if you're, awesome. me- yeah, if you're medically challenged, it's going to do it at the same time though, if you're not medically challenged and you just slid off the trail, <laughs> you can sit there and send text messages to your crew and be like, Hey, please send out a message. Let everybody know where we're at. Anybody in the area that has a recovery, we have food, we have water, we have, fuel we have everything we need we're just we're off the trail we're stuck we can't get back on the trail right. so at the same time you can use it as a messaging service get the message out and have communication as well so yeah that's awesome so so it's good for both yeah i've been thinking about getting that that garmin overlander gps system um i actually have the uh the glow 2 right here that i use in conjunction with my ipad mini because i just have an ipad mini wi-fi and so I used this okay. for the, yep. uh, for the Polaris instead of doing the ride command system. I was like, I don't know if I want to spend another three or four grand to have them put in ride command and all that stuff. So I, I went without it and, um, and I got an iPad mini and this, this Garmin glow Two uh, GPS Bluetooth module, and it works out pretty good. Um, but I've also been thinking, man, I want to, maybe I want to go away from this and just go strictly to the, the Garmin overlander, um, you know, GPS module, the, the actual, you know, unit. Um, just to kind of get away from, you know, this thing vibrating, even like mounted Velcro on the top of the, <laughs> the Razor Turbo, you know, I'm up at, you know, 60, 65 miles an hour hitting whoops and stuff. One night, this thing just came completely apart. Battery case, like everything came apart and was sitting on the, luckily sitting on top of the dashboard right there. And I had to like put it all back together and stuff. I'm like looking at my map and I'm like, what the heck? Like we're not right there. And I looked up and it's just in pieces, you know? So I was like, maybe this isn't the right situation for this or the right, you know, tool for this. But, um, but man, I've been super, super happy with all the Garmin stuff I've had. I think I just put this thing through something that really wasn't just designed to to go through. (laughs) Well, and the InReach Plus is great. It's a, it's a standalone unit that we can just put in a backpack. You can pass it off to a different vehicle. So it is versus just like a traditional tracking unit. It is it's something you can literally message from. That's so it's, it, it's a really solid unit um, for being completely remote off grid. It's, it's, I would call it a necessary piece of kit that we have. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. For sure. That's so. rad, man. That is super awesome. I'm well, I'm glad that you guys have those, you know, those safety items in place. And, and um, I mean, you have, years and years of experience, but you never know, man, stuff happens and it's always good to have those backup plans and be in communication. Um, you know, I know that's, that's huge for us and, you know, we carry as much as we can too. We're out and the Midland radios and stuff are always awesome as far as communicating within the group. And when you don't have cell service, trying to get a hold of, you know, somebody if you need to, and, um, and that Garmin makes a great product as well for that. That's, that's rad. So that being said, Tell tell the, our listeners um, what you guys are about. What is what is our Overland life, and where did it where did it start? How did it start? So our Overland life was literally just kind of a documentation of us traveling uh, and getting on the road full time. Um, we initially started with an account called our, our Airstream Life, uh, where we took a vintage Airstream, renovated it, and we're going to go travel full time for a year. Uh, and throughout the process of getting the Airstream ready for traveling, we picked up a rooftop tent. We had an old Jeep TJ. We started going to Colorado to Ura Silverton. We started going to Moab. We started doing all these trips that weren't really our Airstream life. They were more like we were traveling, you know, differently. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't really know there was a name for it. Um, and at one point, you know, we were like, well, our airstream life's cool. Let's our over. Okay. That, that account's available. We'll, we'll run with that. And so as we really worked, we did a massive five-year plan. We got out of debt. We, we made a lot of sacrifices in our personal life. We stopped going to movies. We stopped going out to dinner. We like, we, we wanted to pay off all of our debt. We wanted to, to, to travel for a year. That was the plan. Let's travel for a year. Right. Uh, our overland life was kind of born out of that. And then once we hit the road full time, we had the Airstream with us for three months. Uh, we, after about three months, we realized the anchor 
<laughs> that we were dragging around <laughs> right. as much as we love it. And, and, and we built it really well. We're like, we can't move every day. We can't get right. really remote. It's very limiting. Uh, yeah. so the first couple of years of us doing it, we ended up moving it from storage place to friend's side yard, to wherever we could store the thing. And we just traveled full time in our tundra with our flip pack and Liz had her Tacoma and, and we just wanted to document what we were doing. Like we, we just wanted to travel. We wanted to, to, we wanted someday to be today right. um, and just be remote and be off grid and experience our country and Canada and all the remote places that we had uh, at our disposal. Um, and that was, that was kind of how it was born and the evolution of it is, you know, we, we planned for a year and we're about to break three years and, you wow. know, we rented our house out and, then we ended up, you know, our renters moved out in the middle of the whole COVID thing. And so oh, we sold no. our house because we're like, <laughs> we don't want to deal with, you know, renters and COVID <laughs> right, and, right. and all that. And so we sold our place and, and you know, we're just traveling and exploring the U.S. And, and like I said, one year turned into almost three and we're just trying to figure out how to keep it going. Wow. Good for you guys, man. That's such an inspiring story. I mean, how, how does, how, how has that affected or enhanced your careers? Cause you, I mean, you guys are professional photographers, right? So like how, how is that traveling enhanced that for you guys? So traveling uh, has allowed us to continue on being professional photographers. It has changed the way that we travel. So, you know, we, we were up in the middle of Canada and one of our really big clients that we still have, uh, contacted us and said, Hey, we, uh, we do uh, commercial architectural photography for one of our clients and they had two properties that were ready to go. And we're, we're in the middle of Northern Canada, we're up in Jasper. Right. And we're just, we're like, all right, we got a international flights didn't make a lot of sense at that point. Um, we got to get back to the U S and, and Missoula, Montana was the like closest place we'd get to. So we <laughs> set a date and bought flights and, made like a nine day trek from the middle of Canada back down to Montana to be wow. able to catch a flight, go out do the shoot, come back and, and, and continue on the road. So, I mean, it's wow. it, the, the flexibility in travel, you have to be able to completely change your idea, completely change your plans to be able to continue to, if that's the, your source of income, then that's how you're going to fund out your travel. So, yeah, sure. Um, sure from the other side of it, you know, the, the brands that we've worked with, the, the products that we use and depend on, we've worked out photo shoots with those companies and, you know, been able to do photo shoots while we travel to help fund and continue traveling. Yeah, man, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, I would love to uh, get a little further into that. Um, as we go through this, uh, yeah, it's such a rad tool to have, you know, it kind of just makes sense. I mean, if you're out there, you're, you're doing this full time, you guys are professional photographers. I mean, why wouldn't uh, these companies want to use that? I mean, that's such a huge marketing tool for them. You know, it's like, I got this thing today and it's like, Hey, you know, you can earn up to $800 a, a week putting a monster energy drink logo on your truck. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, you know, maybe I would, I mean, 800 bucks a week, you know, it's probably some scam or something anyways, but, um, sure. <laughs> but, you know, you think about like, you know, that, that type of tool, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like that kind of thing, but you're out there doing it for real and you guys are using these products for real. And it's not just like some weekend warrior going out there and be like, Oh yeah, this is a, you know, the fridge that we're using the first time and probably the third time this entire year, you know, you guys are using that stuff every day and um, to have that, that resource available to your company. And we depend like on is, it. Yeah. And they, yeah. And they depend like, on you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so rad, man. So, so like going back in history here, what, when was, do you remember the first time that you guys met us? So I remember and my memory might be fogged. There's a lot of travel between now and there. Um, <laughs> I I remember the first time I met you, and I remember the first time we talked about doing a trail run. And I and I think our communication prior to doing our run was you had planned out a run in I believe California near June Lake. You had a fair amount of people that were going to come, and I think almost everybody back. I think everybody backed out. 
Yeah. You got a very <laughs> solid, you got a very solid itinerary. You had, uh, this is where we're going to be this night. This is where we're going to be that night. I just remember being like, this guy is so freaking organized. Cause like we are very <laughs> fly by the seat of our pants. Let's find camp where we find camp. If the spot that we found isn't great, let's go find somewhere with a killer view or whatever it is we're looking for for the night. And I mean, you were just like this, 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 this. And you had these like checklists, like you had, you had the, the, you know, if you, if this is, it was almost like if this is your first time coming, bring all this stuff, like <laughs> make sure you have this. And you were just like, so detail oriented. And you were so, I was like, he's on it. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, we're just going to show up and go for a cruise. And like, he's got our itinerary plan. He knows where we're camping. And I think everything kind of went out the window. We we're just like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Well, we're going to be in this area. Let's go here. Okay. Well, we've always wanted to check this spot out. Let's check right. this spot. I'm like, great. Let's check this spot out. And I think that's kind of how it ended up. And it was awesome. Like we hung out up by June Lake and explored during the day and got to hang out with you and your awesome family. And hung out by the campfire at night and it was awesome. Like yeah. it's natural and great. Like it wasn't as structured as, as it had planned to be. And if it was that whole trip, it would have been great. Awesome. But right. we, we enjoyed it. Like it was, so did we, man, that was such a, a neat little spot to like meet you guys and hang out and get to know each other. And I'm, I'm actually thankful that it ended up that way because we made such great friends, long friends like you guys, you know, I mean, just everything happens for a reason I feel. And I mean, we are, totally. we are kind of like new into, you know, doing trips and I'm like, Hey, let's put this thing together. And we had all these people like we're coming and blah, blah. blah and then no one showed up. <laughs> and, oh, uh, you'll be there. We'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Great. See you yeah. there. Yeah. But man, I'm really glad that it worked out the way it did because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it was a great, great trip for the family and so many just, just amazing memories that we have now together and, and then, you know, hang out with you guys in June Lake and, and that experience. And, um, you know, those are things that that'll stick with us the rest of our lives, you know? And, and it, I, I guess when you're with a lot more people and there's a lot more, um, organized, you might nece- not necessarily remember those things as much, maybe, you know, cause maybe they Absolutely. weren't. As, it can, as, be, uh, it can be more, it can intimate. be more of, of a diluted experience at that right. point. Yeah. And whereas it was more of a direct and I mean, again, we've, we've had some friends that we've made along the road and you're like, Hey, here's the coordinates. Here's where we're going. And people just show up at camp and here's the coordinates. You found it. We're in the middle of nowhere. You're like, okay, you're our people. Like you, yeah. you understand how to find where we're at. It's not always the easy trail. There's not like a Google maps version to get where camp is. Right. <laughs> uh, and you figure it out and you show up and yeah, you're our people. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Yeah, it's crazy, you know, thinking back when when we just started doing that. I mean, now I've kind of got a, a method to my madness, but, you know, back then it's like some of these people that were coming to, to you know, supposedly coming to camp with us. I'm like, yeah, I didn't know those people from, a, you know, hole in the wall. And it's like, man, <laughs> now I'm like, you know, I got to vet some of these people. <laughs> you never knew it was going to show up and sure. they're freaking crazy kooks out there, you know, these whack jobs out there. Um, but I like it, it was with you guys, it was like, it was obviously different because we kind of knew each other beforehand, but man, some of the people that said they were coming, I'm like, man, I hope these, these people are cool. And you know, it's not going to be like sketch or something, but, <laughs> but um, dude, we did the trucks it's and tacos. Be a full party mode. Yeah, totally. But we, we did the trucks and tacos event in big bear um, before COVID. And that was really fun. And we had probably, I don't know, 40 to 50 people with us out at camp that night. And it was, it was just That's- that's way more than up. I expected it to be yeah, yeah. And so much more awesome than I expected it to be. So, you know, it's at this, it's, it's funny the way for me, but it was such a memorable time with you guys. And, and I know for the speaking for the rest of the family, they really enjoyed being with you guys up there. And, and um, yeah, that was a, that was a neat time for us. So, Heck yeah. Yeah. So what what has been i mean traveling around so much for you for you guys what has been your your favorite region to explore and camp in the united states so far oof uh anything west west of the mississippi um <laughs> <laughs> most, most, mostly pub being being having that full access the 
public lands has been fantastic. Um, initially, the Pacific Northwest drew us like crazy. We ended up back up there probably on four separate full loops uh, that we did. But then we, you know, kind of went into northern Idaho and Montana and, and, and you know, we, we, we were from Arizona. So having Arizona be a special part of your life, but having that being your backyard for so long, it, 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 maybe it, it numbed how amazing Arizona really is. Right, um, right. You know, so for us kind of getting into this like northern Idaho, Montana, area was so different for what from what we were used to uh that it really it really kind of continued to be special to us like we did some back uh back road discovery routes we did um a bunch of a bunch of trails where you're driving around these you know what in colorado would be ten thousand foot top passes but you're only like four thousand feet and you're up at the top of the the ridge lines and you're in idaho and montana so it's you're in a section of the rockies but you're in the rockies that's not the rockies you think of you're not super yeah, high altitude. where you think you're going to be like towering above so, everything <laughs> right but it feels like that like you're it it, it feels like you're in these epic like you're a freaking mountain passes but you're not, you're at like four to 5,000 feet. Oh, right, right. And you're, you're in, you're in, you know, a different part of the country. So, I mean, you're still in the Rockies, like you're still within that mountain range. Right. And, you know, that mountain range is thousands of miles long when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just different. And it, it, you know, it can be brutal in the winter times and hot in the summer. And it was just, it's just a really, cool area that kind of captured us that's you know remote and off grid and almost untouched oh yeah Um, yeah i went up i mean i haven't spent much time up there um i i think the most time i've spent up there was traveling through and back in 1999 i was touring with a band that i was playing with and we were hitting like i think we hit like 28 states in like six months and we traveled through that area and and played some shows up in Montana and Idaho and Washington and all these big venues up there, but I didn't really get to experience it. You know, you're in there like one or two days and then you're out to the next venue. Um, but was it like 2018, I believe, or 19, I think it might've been 19 actually. Um, my brother-in-law bought this full bred black lab from a friend of ours that lived at the very tip of Wyoming in February of I think all I remember months. seeing seeing some of your stories like yeah. you guys are like in snow. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like what are trip. you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I remember driving down these roads, man, and we're like in BFE like, you know, Wyoming, and there's nothing as far as I can see but like a you know like an oil derrick or like a drill site or something. It's like negative 19. I was like, "Oh my god, we're going to die out here. This is freaking nuts. What are we doing?" But yeah, you're right. Some, just, some dude in an F-350 on stock tires just flies past you. Yes. Like, what are they doing out here? Yeah, or a semi-truck <laughs> drives past you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy, man. That was a that was another one of those memorable trips where you're just like, my God, I can't believe we made it up there and back in one piece, you know. But we traveled through Wyoming and then went up into Montana and across, you know, through Billings and all that and across down and then to Idaho and, and back home. And while I was up there you know, the, the moments where there was no weather, um, it was really, really beautiful. And I was like, man, I got to get my family back up and we got to do some, some camping up here and traveling. Absolutely. It's just unreal. Unreal. I, I think vast. that was probably, what's that? It's vast. It's huge. It's, oh, it's yeah. you know, they, pe- people talk about, you know, big sky in Montana, but like, it is just, it's big country. Like it is just, you got to think Montana is what the fourth or fifth biggest state in the country. And wow. more people live in Tucson, Arizona than in the entire state of Montana. Oh my like, gosh. It's that's crazy, crazy. If you think about it uh, in that level of scale. Yeah. Oh yeah. That is insane. Like it's, yeah. cra- it, it is a massive state and it is huge country. Just like, days of traveling without seeing anyone, huh? Right. Like if you stay off grid, I mean, and if, 
And it's and at the same time, like you run into ranches in the middle of nowhere and you're just like, there's entire massive ranches out here. Like where people have been here for generations, ranching and cattle and I, wow. like, it's huge. It is living big the dream. <laughs> yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Like living the dream and working life. Like it's, it's cool. Like yeah, it's, that is what, what's been, what's been like your most memorable trip or, or experience up there so far. Is there such a thing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, it's, it's, uh, it is crazy. The it, Liz started keeping a journal at some point. Um, when we hit the road, yeah, she's been keeping a full journal since we no hit the road. Way. Oh my and, gosh, that's awesome! And and if you if you think about every if when we were preparing to hit the road, if you think about every weekend trip, and if you take that and compound it into weeks and weeks and weeks, I mean, once you hit the road full time without the journal, it is incredibly hard to, to pinpoint where you were, when you were there, you, you think of it as, as these weekend trips are all blurred into months right. and compounded on top of each other. So to pick one single, I mean, we keep getting asked, what's your favorite place? What's your favorite trip? What's your favorite this? Like, it's impossible. <laughs> I don't know. Like we're collecting firewood. We're having campfires. We're making dinner. We're, right. you know, seven days between grocery store visits and, you know, we're almost out of fuel this time or, you know, it, it's just, it literally life is on the road is this constant ebb and flow and flux of events and occurrences and beautiful situations i mean to 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 say there is one thing that stands out i, I guess i haven't found it yet right because <laughs> yeah. it's it's Nothing all it's all been great you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Right. It's all been great, but the, the, but it's at the same time there's there's still you know there's vehicle maintenance there's you know all the things that you're going to have in regular life are still going to happen on the road. Right. You know, you've got vehicle maintenance, you've got, um, trials and tribulations. You've got to find Wi-Fi. You, if you're working remotely, you've got a, you know, the biggest thing we ever had was rolling in somewhere on a Sunday night and being like, cool, I got Wi-Fi. I got L two bars of LTE. I'm going to pull up YouTube. Great. I can stream a video tomorrow morning. I'm going to be able to get some work done on Monday. It's going to be great. Monday morning hits, all that internet is gone. Like whatever bandwidth has been sucked up, you're not able to get any work done. Like you can't even load your emails. Right. <laughs> like, and you gotta move stop. camp. And, and you're right. like, we're gonna we're gonna hang out here for two days and get some work done. Right. Nope. We're gonna freaking move camp and go find somewhere closer to town and get work done. And you know, it's it it's it's ebb and flow. It it is yeah. It, just like every single day of your, your normal life, you still have problems you have to figure out, overcome and go from there. Right. So Has it's that, all great and it's all work. <laughs> absolutely, man. It, I, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, just, I mean, I guess just different stuff, you know, on the road doing that full time, but I guess, you know, kind of, you know, the same, like you said, the same stuff that you come across in life. You just got to figure out a solution for the problem and keep your chin up and move, move through it, you know? Um, totally. has, has that something, Liz, ha, have you, have you thought about the possibility of like writing a book or, or, or putting that out in some way, shape or form? Uh, I don't know. I mean, a few people have mentioned it because, um, obviously since I have been keeping a journal from our last several years on the road. Um, I mean, a lot of it's just like, I guess maybe at some point, I mean, so much is just kind of like random daily stuff just to keep track of like where we went, where we camped, like some of it's even just like 
hey, this is what we ate today or like <laughs> restaurants we went to. So right. there are a lot gotta, of You got to definitely boring, record those. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. this place sucked. This place was great. <laughs> the hamburger. If only so, Yelp, if only Yelp would know, you know, could know that the data that you've collected, you could probably make some money off that. Right. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But That's maybe, funny. maybe someday I'll compile it all together. It is nice to be able to go back and look at it and like, especially since I marked kind of like where everywhere we camped and when, and like weather trends and stuff. So like even the other day we ran through, uh, Jill and I went to a hot spring that Brett and I had been to probably two years ago. And like the temperatures have changed, but we were there at a different time of year. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to look back and see when we were there two years ago to like, cause it was like Compare. perfect time of year when we went and it's like, Oh, I'm so glad I tried, like wrote that down. Right. So yeah. So you know, when the, the target time is to go back. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely recommend people that are, I mean, even if you're doing weekend traveling, but like to journal that stuff too, and just, for the memories and like looking back on stuff. It's, it's nice. It's nice to have. Well, just yeah, it, blends, it blends together. I mean, so e- even our initial travels, we were like, well, like the first three years that we were out every weekend. Yeah. Like we didn't, I didn't record any of that. And we look, we would sit down and look back and be like, dude, when did we like, what Moab trip was that? And what Colorado hmm. trip did we do these different trails on? And so that was kind of part of my inspiration. When we left, I was like, I don't want to forget. I want to be able to look back and remember. Oh yeah. That's awesome. You can do that. I, I, we, we had tried to do that at one point and it just got to be where I think we were just writing too much <laughs> from each trip. That totally where it just got too. overwhelming. <laughs> I was, we were just like, uh, it just totally went to the wayside and we just got, I guess, lazy, you know, and after just trying to write almost like what seems like now looking back, like a full novel about each trip and it right. like, you know, it should have just been little snippets, like what you're doing. It probably would have still we'd probably still be doing it now but we went about it the wrong way but that's super rad that you have that you know those memories and those things written down i i think you should totally try and do something with that at some point that would be awesome i know we would try and get it for sure (laughs) (laughs) where are all the good places that they ate yeah yeah are they still open (laughs) (laughs) right oh my gosh yeah so like i mean that I mean, that being said, like, have you guys had any crazy, funny moments or, or, or experiences that you can remember that really stood out? Like, I know we've had like a ton of stuff where like we talk at dinner time sometimes, you know, about like trips we've been on and, you know, the, the trip that our dog ran ran after 200 head of sheep and Flagstaff or, you know, the time that, you know, just crazy stories like that. Do you guys have anything like that that you can remember? We, we do have that time that our, our nine pound, um, I don't know, Maltese, Yorkie, maybe mix, uh, went and chased a cow down at about 200 yards all the way across the field. Uh, no. We actually ran across and wrangled her back oh, up. Yeah, she was like, I'm bringing steak home for dinner. <laughs> Just booked it out there. And so we went and got her, brought her back to camp, put her back in the rig. And then within about 10 minutes after putting her away, the cow went and got the rest of the cows and was like, there was this wolf. They came after us. <laughs> Right, brought the, the game back like another 10 cows yeah brought her whole herd of cows back with her oh like, my god and it was funny <laughs> that's hilarious yeah you guys I swear, left you i swear there was a wolf here yeah right <laughs> seriously i'm sure there was oh man when uh, luna was chasing those sheep down i was i was chasing after her through this huge head of her or herd of sheep and I think they thought that too. Cause I mean, she looks like a wolf number one, but they were like falling over and like passing out as I was running through the herd. I'm like, Oh God, there's 300 bucks there. There's 300 bucks there. I'm going to have to replace all these dead sheep after this. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, it was horrible at the time, but now looking back, it was, uh, it was probably the most comical experience we've, we've had out there. And what's funny is Robin, Robin's brother videotaped the whole thing. So I have audio and video of me yelling at, at Luna, Luna, no, no. And just disappearing into all these like sheep bells and all this commotion and stuff into the forest it was that was ridiculous absolutely ridiculous that's great yeah you guys have to i'm glad you have video of that and i know i i on one of the podcasts recently 
I, I talked about that whole story and I added the audio from part of that video into the podcast. It was freaking epic. You guys will have to try and find that that one. It's, it's pretty oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But so who, um, who are you guys doing ambassadorships for right now? It's got any, any new ones that you've just, you've just brought aboard. I know Polaris was one that I've been seeing you guys push out there a little bit. That's freaking awesome. How's that been going? Yeah. Yeah, Polaris was really good. Um, they kind of found us and uh, wanted. Uh, they basically sent us a rig and and wanted our opinion of it um, before we rode in the thing, and they wanted our opinion of it while we were riding it, and then they wanted us to tell people what we thought of it after the ri- initial ride. So uh, it was it was very cool. Uh, we technically still have it. We've had the thing for about six months. Nice, um, and we've been using it to run trails. It. it you know, it's, it's a, it's a great rig. It's more of a winter rig than a summer rig. It's got windows and a defroster and oh, that's um, awesome. and a heater and a heater. Can I, can I mention heater like nine you, more times? You can keep <laughs> mentioning heater, heater every single time. That's um, awesome. The fact that it has a heater makes it a really rad, like winter rig. Oh, um, I bet, I bet. Uh, we, for scouting and stuff, it's probably perfect, huh? Oh yeah. It, it's really nice for uh, scouting campsites problem is you got to pull a trailer around with it um mm-hmm. and it's not street legal so in all states so there were there were some issues with that um but generally it's you know it's it's a great rig it's well apportioned like it it is really good for adventuring and and getting further and deeper and and finding other places to camp uh so right. i mean it's it, it was it was a fun partnership uh hopefully we can we can do some stuff with them in the future that's more applicable to how we travel versus um, how they thought it might suit how we travel. Uh Um, But overall it was, it was a really good experience with them. Um, Other partnerships like Midland, uh, just like you, like they've been for communications and GMRS radios, they've been outstanding. They've been an amazing partner. Oh my gosh. I agree. Um, Such a great partnership. Amazing. Yeah. Lifesaver water filters. So we use them for all of our water filtration, the necessary piece of kit. Um, you know, they've, they've been an amazing company to work with. Uh, and again, I mean, it's a lot. We really like that. They're the, the product there. Yeah. Filters. Yeah. I mean, we use it all the time. Literally really? we, use, we use the lifesaver water filter daily, including in the airstream where we're, we're based out of it. Like That's it is, rad. all of our drinking water comes from our lifesaver, like five gallon jerry can. Wow. So I mean, you guys just, use, I mean, just dip that thing in creeks where, wherever you guys are or water creeks, sources and just lakes, filter. Uh, even so you got to think too. So if you're, if you're traveling through a small town somewhere, you know, most E. coli outbreaks are only categorized and notarized once there's an issue at a hospital. Hmm. So you could travel through any small town and fill up through a water spigot anywhere and not really know the quality of water you're getting, there could be an E. coli outbreak somewhere in a local water supply that you don't really know. Wow. And so these filters will filter out E. coli. Uh, they have a charcoal filter for, for taste. So even oh, wow. if you're That's in cool. a highly, even if you're in a highly chlorinated water situation at like an RV resort and you stopped in there and paid a couple bucks to refill your water, you refill a regular five gallon Jerry and you're drinking out of that. Well, you're getting all that highly chlorinated flavor and everything. These not only filter any toxins in the water, they also have a charcoal filter. They make it taste better. Oh, that's so, awesome. Wow. So I mean, we've been running lifesaver filters for over three years now. Really? Long, but it's definitely been at least, two. at least two, at least two years. Um, and we've How been running often do the you same. have to, Right. How often do you have to change the filters on those things? So the only thing we've had to change is the charcoal filter on it, the actual membrane that filters your main water. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they've designed their filters, they design these filter systems for third world countries. And for all intents and purposes, they make them uh, basically user proof. Oh. Once it stops allowing water to travel through the membrane, the it's membrane done. is no good. So oh, whereas wow. most filtration systems, as you want water through membrane, the membrane will allow the water through, but then toxins go past. Right. So their whole thing is like, we just won't make it work anymore when it's no good. Wow. <laughs> so that is genius. They, they, right. So the only thing that, that you have to change out is, is a 
little tiny charcoal puck that affects the taste of the water. The actual filtration and the the five-gallon jerry we have is a 20,000-liter system. So when I did the math on it over a year, basically we run seven to nine gallons a week of drinking water through the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like a 32-year filtration system for us. Oh, my gosh. No way. And, and they don't even have – and that's mucky pond water. That's 20,000 liters of <laughs> that's the third garbage water. water. Yeah. Like, that's oh not 20,000 liters of clear water. Right. They don't even have a number for clear water. They don't even wow. – like, so most of the clear water systems we run it through – most of the waterfalls we get the water from, they don't actually have a usage number on that because they've designed it to be, you throw this thing into a mucky, nasty pond and pull that water out. You get 20,000 liters of that water. Wow. That's insane. So I need to it, get those for our fire engines, man, for brush fires in the freaking summertime. Totally. You know, we're out in freaking BFE on the side of a fire line and all we have is a creek or a lake to you know, to, I, to get water I, from. I, That's a I absolutely idea. bet they'd, they'd be happy to talk to you guys about it. Like they, yeah. clean water is a hundred percent all they do. So, <laughs> wow. I need to, yeah, I need to look into that. That's an awesome, awesome solution for that. I didn't realize that that was kind of a, you know, a long-term solution like that, you know. For, for, for us to be able to, to take uh, finding clean water out of the equation has been huge. So we constantly were like, okay, where can we fill water? Like, I think the first year we traveled, we would use those, you know, 25 cents a gallon grocery store, glacier, water filter things. And we'd fill our five gallon jerrys and a couple extra gallons and whatever. This has taken that part of the search completely out. Like we can fill off creeks, we can fill off rivers. Like it's not going to filter salt water, obviously, but like right, right. anywhere where there's fresh water. If you're in Colorado, you need to kind of be aware of hard minerals in the water because any dissolved hard mineral is obviously something you shouldn't be drinking. And most filtration systems aren't going to get that out either. Right. So that's another thing. So it works very well. You can get water almost anywhere. But as a traveler, you need to be understanding what water source you're getting water from. Right. You still have that basic knowledge of, of these resources. Yeah. Right. Like you need to understand, like if I'm in a mining area that's heavily mining, I probably shouldn't be bringing Creek water into my water filter because most water filtrations, even these won't get dissolved hard minerals out of the water. Mm -hmm. So it'll get a coli, it'll get bacteria, it'll get all the stuff that you have in standing water and all those things. Those are all gone. Right. But you still have to have a general understanding of your water source. Right. Yeah. And those mining areas, who the heck knows what kind of chemicals and things they use back in the day that still could be coming out of, you know, percolating out of that, that water table. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, man, that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, to have a tool. I mean, that's, that's lifesaver. I mean, obviously that the name, (laughs) I mean, no pun intended. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, based on like products and stuff that you guys have used and things that you guys have seen being out there so much and attending all these shows, I know, you know, we, you guys work with step 22 with Adam, who is such an awesome guy. It's crazy. Such a small world. Adam is the cousin of one of my, um, of the assistant chief at my fire department. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I kind of have this weird like connection with him. Um, and, uh, I really, really love those guys, man. His dad is just, oh my gosh. Oh, I don't dude. know if you ever met his dad, but his my dad God. is, I is was so amazing. Bummed. I was so bummed. His dad wasn't an expert. I was year. too. He, I was so looking forward to that. He's such a great guy. He is. <laughs> he is, man. I love those guys. And, um, I mean, we saw you there. That was great to see you. Super bummed. We didn't get to see Liz, but, um, it was great, you know, seeing you again and, and, um, you know, like experiencing all that and being at these shows and, and everything that you guys are involved in, where, where do you see the industry going like in the next three to five years? I, I mean, it, I feel like it's growing, you know, as long as there's yeah. not external influences that cut it down, but right. you know, Adam, Adam, uh, we, we made friends with Adam probably six years ago. Um, back when he was, he, he had the Jack cover and uh-huh. he had just made the scottle bag. And we won the scuttle bag from the the American Adventurists uh, Desert Rendezvous uh, raffle. 
Oh, and sweet. so, Adam, you know, after we won it, you know, Adam comes running over. And he's like, hey, he's like, do you have the lid for it? We're like, no, I don't have the lid. And he's like, great, let me get to the lid. And it's like, come on over to my my setup and I'll get you set up. We're like, okay, cool. And so I kind of just met him there. And then the next year at Expo, met him and his dad. And so it was just kind of this compounding relationship over the years and just ended up being, you know, phone conversations and chatting and talking about products. And then once we hit the road full time, you know, he had some ideas for some products, but he, you know, he's like, would you guys be willing to test some of the stuff out in the field? You know, that was just an idea of a product. And so this great, you know, through conversation of, of like-minded individuals out doing all this stuff, you know, his products, other people's products is all, you know, prototypes end up showing up and we go out and use the thing and like, well, it works this way. It doesn't work that way. Like it doesn't make any sense this way. Like, and so running through the prototyping stage of a lot of these products with a guy that's just very passionate about what he does, he's incredibly, the, the level of quality of the products that he's using, the stitching that he's using, the materials that go into it, where they're sourced from. I mean, you know, being able to be aligned with somebody that becomes a friend that is so passionate about how well their stuff is made and how functional and how functional it is. It's not just, it's not just how well you can build a product. Amazing. But if it's not functional, it doesn't make any sense. Like it's a, it's being just literally friends with people that are that passionate about it, that you want to like, you want to use their stuff. You want to inspire. You want to torture test it. You want to tell them how it doesn't work how it does work, you know, what, what its other uses are, even, even further from that, like he sent me stuff and didn't tell me what it was for. It was like, use it. Tell me what you think. (laughs) Really? (laughs) What would you use this, this thing for that I made? And, and, you know, just being able to, to make good friends with people like that, that are just so passionate about what it is that we're all doing and making sure that the products we have will not fail. Right. Uh, has been a really awesome sidebar for the whole thing. I mean, it, you know, we're out here doing it, we're out here using the stuff, but, but being able to be on a friendship level and to the point where he's like, Hey man, I'm going to go do these shows. I know you, you're going to be there, but would you mind helping me out in my booth? It's like, well, dude, I know your products. Like I already right. use all your stuff. <laughs> uh, dude, I'd be happy. I'd be honored I'll be to there. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course, man. You're a buddy. Like, let's yeah. let's help you out. Let's let's you know, let's help you succeed uh where you've helped helped us out with you know things that we need. So it's right. And yet another really- amazing tool for him to use, you know, not only your friendship, which is obviously number one to him, but number two to have such an amazing resource to use to market your company and really convey that product and and the uses of it and and the quality like you said i i am like blown away when i look at his stuff at how like the attention to detail of stuff and i mean correct me if i'm wrong but does he still manufacture a lot of that stuff himself i mean like like adam himself right and like he does a lot of a lot of that stitching and stuff still or is he is he outsourcing some of it or as much as he can um so it his attention to detail, his attention to quality is massive. Um, his production scale. So as many of the materials he can source in the U S he sources in the U S his, um, production happens mostly in Vietnam. The best stitchers in the world are in Vietnam and Mm. the best, uh, working environment for the people that work in those factories are in Vietnam. Uh, he could make everything, everything he could build in the U S but it'd be a, twice as expensive and half the quality. Um, so if he could make everything here, he would, but he sources a lot of his fabrics from the U S most of his harnesses, his, uh, attachments, the zipper pulls, all that stuff. He sources most of that stuff anywhere in the U S he can, except for, or anywhere in the world he can, except for China. Um, so as much stuff as he can source from not China, as much, most of the actual uh, fabric materials are made in the U.S., st- shipped to Vietnam, stitched, stitched, and then shipped back to the U.S. Wow, that's so awesome. So being fanatical about quality, he wants the absolute best that will be as durable as possible, will last as long as it can. And by 
you know, again, like he and I have had hours and hours and hours of phone conversations about all these layers of how you have to do business in the world mm-hmm. to make it work for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, you know, you're getting a great product that, you know, you buy one piece of his <laughs> and you want everything he makes. and, And you get it, like you touch it, you feel it, you know, being at the shows was really frustrating. The people he, he's had all the same supply chain issues. Everybody else has had in every industry across the country. Right. And people would get angry. Like, I want to buy this now. It's like, he's like, I want to sell it to you right now. I don't have it. Right. If I had it sitting in a, in a boat off the coast of California right now, Right, it's floating (laughs) up. uh, There's a container off the coast of Long Beach. And you tell me if one of 10, I'll give you two of the products for free. Like figure it out. I'll get it to you. But like, you know, he has the same frustrations everybody else has, but touch it buy one piece. Like you just, you know, the, the fanatical quality that he has. And it's, it's, it's awesome to to have a buddy, have a buddy like that, that just really cares that much about what he's, what he's doing. Yeah. I don't know many people that have that kind of passion, you know, I mean, I'm a very motivated and passionate person about any businesses that I've had in in the past or anything that I'm doing. Um, But Adam is just, he's on another level, man. I mean, it's, it's amazing to yeah. watch him. I love watching him interact with people too. And I mean, I, I don't buy any other hats, but these, and I know like, <laughs> you this is probably, <laughs> yeah, I know that there's probably some supplier that's, that has these hats out there, you know, but like, I know that I'm going to get quality from him and I, you know, I'm all about it. I, I, this, these, these hats, I don't know where they come from, but they're the most comfortable hat I've ever worn. <laughs> so I'm always hitting them up whenever I see them. Like I need some more hats, <laughs> but um, he's got you. He's yeah, got he you. did. He took care of me. Yeah. He always takes care of me, man. Yeah. Adam's a good dude. Um, but like, uh, you know, I really hope that this, this industry keeps growing and I just can't even I can't even express how important it has been to us as a family and, and just the experiences we've had as a family, instead of sitting in front of the boob tube at night, you know, getting out there and showing my, my family stuff, you know, tangible things and experiences and getting to know people like you guys and Adam and, you know, other friends that we have at the shows, the guys from truck brigade and all these people that we've built these relationships with, man, it's just, you just can't buy that, that kind of, you know, experience from anywhere. And, those will be things that'll stick with us the rest of our lives. And I, I really hope that with everything, the climate of everything going on in the world right now, that, that this doesn't come to a halt or come in the way of those, those things, because uh, those are, you know, things I hold, hold dear to my heart. And I know you guys too, you do too. And it's so inspiring to, to watch you guys and to listen to you guys and stuff and see you guys getting out there and doing these things. And, and Liz, you know, the, the stuff you guys are doing for the ladies and, you know, all those trips and, and inspiring them and leading, you know, that side of things is, is so awesome. I know Robin's talked about it numerous times. Like I got to get out there with them and with, you know, having Bodie and our schedule now with this, this little, this little man walking around here, it's been a little hard for her to get out and do things obviously. But I know that when that kind of settles down for her and he gets a little bit older, I'm I'm sure she's going to be hitting you up and wanting to get out there with, with Jetta as Jetta gets older. And we want to teach her, you know, how to get, more involved in this. And, um, it's just such a really neat thing that you guys are doing is tell me more about that. Like how, how many times a year have you guys been doing that? Um, so the, with the specifically the ladies night campouts are, uh, Jill's thing that she's doing, uh-huh. but I've been able to join her whenever I possibly can. Cause I think it's such a neat, uh, it's such a neat experience and it's so needed in the industry, like something that's kind of I guess for women, like getting women together, like we're always kind of like, how can we make friends? And it's, you know, encouraging other women to go out and bring their vehicle. And like, it's really just, so she's done. I think this was the seventh one, the Oregon one I just got to ride along on is the seventh one this year. She was aiming for 12 originally, I think, Mm -hmm. Um, but seven, there's going to be another one next month. So she'll finish up the year, I think with like nine of them, which is pretty freaking impressive. That is awesome. And they're open to, I mean, they're open to any, like, they're open to all women. It's, there's really, um, 
the requirements just like she's got a couple of things where it's like you do a, a tire change and you know some of them are just like like she's got a few that are open to anybody where it's like you know Subaru any vehicle is capable and then there's been a few that the trails are four by four only kind of thing but she right. tries to keep it so that it's like hey if you want to come you want to meet some other women that are in this industry and like to camp like come out with us so that is awesome how how do um, the ladies find out about this? Where where is some information online or or Instagram where people um, can sign up for this? She posts them on her Instagram on the at Jillian Rebecca, and then she also has them on her website, which is she links to it from her Instagram, and it's also on uh, like I think it's Mountain Mountain Yot Yot yeah, dot com. And then she just started an actual like ladies night camp out Instagram accounts just for the events. So I think oh, cool. more will go up on there too. So cool. it's well, been really of- fun. It's like seeing the way, like meeting all these women and then like seeing the connections made. And then we see a bunch of them start going out together and planning other trips. And it's like, you're just, you're seeing it grow. And yeah. it's just, it's an amazing thing. It is. It's, it's, it's awesome to see it, you know, go from the ground up. Like, I mean, I haven't really seen anyone else doing that, but you guys, and that is such an awesome thing to create that for these, you know, the, these young ladies and these mothers and and their daughters and, you know, to, to create this, this, I mean, this whole other culture, I guess you would say, you know, um, yeah, and it's linking and like you're saying, whole, it's linking everyone together. It's linking yeah. moms together that go out. We had a, a couple of them this last weekend that go out with their kids, and they're linking up now. And like, so it's just, it's you're single, you're married, you've got kids, you're a grandma. Like, there's all ages, and it's just linking. Like, you know, there's no, there's no age issues or anything. Like, everybody just gets to come out and become friends and get excited and tell their story. And but it's empowering. Like, yeah. it's empowering. You you can go do this. You you don't yeah. have yeah. to depend on somebody else. You have the power. You have the ability. You have the will. Like, you can yeah. you and can do this. Some of the women are you know have are are you know seasoned and have been doing this forever and have tons of experience. I and mean, we had. Um, you know, they've done rock crawling and all sorts of things. And then you have people that have come out and they're like, um, I go out with my boyfriend or my husband. This is the first time I've ever driven our off-road vehicle. Uh, (laughs) And I'm here and we're like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's so Um, rad to like be able to cultivate those relationships and, and take people who have never done this before and inspire them to start their own things. And like you said, it's like this cascade effect, you know, where it just expands this this whole huge family that we have in overlanding. That's like the whole reason that we're out there too, just to build relationships and get out there and do stuff and experience this life instead of experiencing it in your living room. And, you know, I think there's so much to be said for that. And, you know, I, I've chosen every path in my life to, to kind of steer my family that way. You know, I mean, after I kind of gave up on being a rock star, (laughs) figured out I wasn't going to make any money doing that. Um, you know, I got into the fire service because I, you know, I had people that influenced me during my life and I was young that had these amazing experiences and they were out with their family so much. I'm like, how are these guys doing this? How, how is this, you know, uh, a reality for them and start figuring out the schedules with, you know, typical schedules with fire service on, you know, the off season and, and sort of figuring out how to navigate that. And it's just that career path and your career path have, have opened up these, you know, these lives for us, you know, where we've been able to do all these awesome things that I would say probably 90% of the people in the United States don't do and will never do, you know, they'll go to their grave, not seeing the places and experiencing the things that we have, Um, you know, their kids, you know, not experiencing these things. And the fact that you guys are are motivated to do that and to create these avenues for people is super inspiring. And I'm super proud of you guys that you're pushing those things and, and moving forward with them. And, and like Brett said, you know, empowering these women who, you know, it's just kind of, I don't know if you want to call it cliche or whatever, you know, that, well, you know, women just don't do, you know, four by four and they're, they're not out there. You know, it's the man that's going to change the tires, the man that's going to, you know, trek through this and figure out a way to get up this mountain. You know, I'm the guy like, get out of the way kind of thing. And to watch you guys be like, no, that's, that's not how we're doing this. Like move aside. We got this, you know, we're doing this right now and, <laughs> and get out of the way. It's just, it's great. And, and um, I know for my daughter, 
watching those things and seeing those things is super inspiring for her. And, and she's a total outdoor buff now. I mean, we, she loves it and we're out fishing and we, where we live now, we fish every day. Almost. I take her outside and she's like, daddy, you want to go fish? Yeah, let's go. You know, daddy, you want to jump oh, on the side by side and, and go, you know, trail running. Yeah. You want to get in the truck and let's go down to the river or let's go up to Oatman and go, um, you know, prospecting for gold at our, our gold claim and, you know, do this and that. And it's just like, I don't know any other kid that does that. You know, I really don't. And she just, it's, we get to do so much stuff together that I think is so influenced by the life that we've provided for her and the experiences that we've given her, you know, and it's awesome to see that in her and to see that, you know, that light in her eyes when we're outside and we're, you know, looking at stuff and exploring things and, why would you want awesome. to sit around and watch TV when you can go out and do it? Yeah. Like, yeah, man. You're basically living, living life as a video game. Like it's everything. Yeah, it's like you have blinders you on your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, well, hey, you know, I know you guys are tired. You guys have been up for a long time and um, it's it's getting late. I've, I've stolen you for an hour now, so <laughs> probably right. longer, but Not hey, I, I really fun. appreciate you guys coming on here and, um, I hope we can do this again soon. Maybe we'll, we'll get you guys back here in, in another couple months and get an update of where you guys are at and what you guys are doing. And, um, I just, next time, next time, let's just do it over a campfire. And that's even better. Dude. I know I've been trying to get this little microphone that plugs into my phone that's like a um, condenser microphone that sure makes so I can start doing some remote, some remote stuff. Hey, That'd be I, super I've, got a zoom re- I've got a zoom recorder. We'll lapel up and we'll just hang out by the campfire. And we'll just do this real lifestyle. I'd love to, man. Say, <laughs> say when <laughs> I'll tell you where when you right. send me coordinates. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, Hey, you guys have a, a wonderful and blessed evening and be safe out there. I hope that wind uh, dies down and you guys get some good rest and, and thank you again so much for being on the podcast. So great talking to you guys again and, and getting to know you guys even more. And um, hopefully we can do this again soon. Let's do it, buddy. Good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Everybody out there. Thanks for listening. And uh, we really appreciate you guys sharing this with your friends and family. The, o- the overwhelming support has just been incredible. Thank you again. We'll see you guys next time. just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.